1: tell you what how about college basketball that's why we brought you here tonight do I I really need to talk college basketball man I mean you've probably had your fill since since it's Notre Dame basketball that you predominantly get to talk about but uh you had a good article up today at indieinsider.com with a lot of uh you know update on the coaching search and and all that kind of stuff Tom I've been saying for a while now, since, you know, this, this whole thing began that I would be shocked if Notre Dame goes after a big name coach. Um, you know, I know Chris Holtman's name is, is, you know, keeps kind of bebopping bopping in there, but we can address that in a minute. I mean, do you think what, what's, what's the profile that you think that Notre Dame is ultimately going after in this search?
2: Uh, if for lack of a better term, Mike Gray put 2.0 in the fact that, When Mike Bray arrived, he was a mid-major coach. He had the the Duke pedigree. He had the DeMatha background, but he was a mid-major coach who was going to come in here and just work his backside off and be like, I don't care that this arena is a dump. I don't care that we practice in the pit. I don't care that we don't have a practice facility. I don't care that we haven't been to the NCAA tournament in 10 years. I want to work and get this program somewhere where I believe it can go. First in the Big East, then in the Atlantic Coast Conference and all that outside stuff, I I don't wanna listen to it. I'll ask for this and I'll ask for that and I'll ask for this and maybe the administration will give me only a part of this, but I'm not gonna let it affect my job. And I think that's that's somebody that I think Notre Dame is going to target where if you get a big name you're going to want big, you're going to, you're going to, first of all, if you get a big name, say for just discussion purposes, it's not going to happen. It will never happen. But say you co and hire Rick Patino and Rick okay. Patino comes in here. That tells you and that tells everybody around this place that you're 900% serious about Notre Dame men's basketball being a consistent winner. Going to Final Fours and challenging for national championships on par with Notre Dame football, and that's never going to happen. Which is which is one of the reasons. Set aside all the off off the court stuff with Rick Pitino. That's one of the reasons why a Rick Pitino, a John Calipari, a a name your coach, a Mick Cronin, a Shaka Smart, a Mark Few will never look seriously at the Notre Dame job and say, "I'm going to win there." because you're always going to take a backseat to what happens across the street from the Joy Center.
1: I'm glad that you went ahead and threw Shaka Smart in there because we did have a question from uh, one of our listeners, Doug, about, he said, the Marquette coach, Shaka Smart. I mean, and Shaka's already, like, experienced what it's like to be at a football school with that whole Texas experience. Did not go well. And, I mean, just look at what he's done already at Marquette. It seems like he's... He's back where he should be at basically a basketball school.
2: Well, and you you look at just just from, from from a from a big picture standpoint, you never say never about any coach because you don't know what's going on behind sure. the scenes unless you're behind those scenes. Is Shaka Smart gonna leave Marquette? I don't think so, but you never know what might happen, what he's thinking. But you look at Shaka Smart right now, he's the only game in town. That's not gonna happen in South Bend. He plays in a better league. The ACC isn't as good as the Big East right now. He's got himself a niche. He's got himself challenging to maybe go to a Final Four and challenge for a national championship in his second year. You're not going to do that at Notre Dame. And then one of the other overriding factors is he plays in a professional arena that's filled with 15,000, 17,000 people. And it's a state-of-the-art facility. That's not gonna happen at Notre Dame. So I, I, I just can't see a guy like Shock of Smart looking at both jobs and saying, I'm a I'm a Wisconsin native, I've got this thing rolling, I'm this close to putting my stamp on this program and maybe doing what only Al mcguire has been able to do in Milwaukee with that program. Why would you want to go to Notre Dame where you're facing you're facing at least three, four, five years rebuild to where this this program and this team can be respectable again.
0: We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors. According to Indeed data,
4: Tom, how much do you think that this NCAA tournament can have an effect on the Notre Dame kind of coaching carousel? Because I know that the tournament provides a lot of avenues to network, connect. You know, there's a lot of coaches that come, even if their teams aren't there. Do you see Notre Dame kind of, you know, networking out during the tournament? Or is that not really, you know, something that's up Notre Dame's avenue
2: or style, I guess? if. The timetable with Mike Bray was different and he did not announce on January 20th or some media outlet broke the story on January 19th. I won't say who, but (laughs) if, if, if he did not announce on January 20th that he was leaving, okay, maybe the timetable would be a little different, but they've now had, this is day 54 that Notre Dame has had to vet and do its due diligence. I think, Whoever is the next coach at Notre Dame, I think that decision is already done. And they're just waiting for them to, to lose in the NCAA tournament or see how far they go in the NCAA tournament. But I'd have a really hard time thinking they, they sat around and didn't really advance what they wanted to do and how they wanted to do it until they got to the NCAA tournament and said, okay, well, maybe we'll look at this school and that we'll look at Coach A, B, C, and D. I think they've already looked at coach A, B, and C, uh, A, B, C, and D, and once those teams lose, then this process will be accelerated. And if it isn't, like if we're sitting here in two weeks, maybe if we're sitting here in ten days and there's still no coach, then that's that's just not going to be a good look for a team or for a program and a university and an administration that has had eight weeks now to really line up where they want to go with this hire.
1: You know, again, reading your article, it looks like the folks at Notre Dame have been very tight-lipped, you know, hard to hard to get good information out of this whole thing. But you talked about going the mid-major route, Mike Bray 2.0, and that's kind of what I felt. And, you know, there have been plenty of people, I, I think, thinking that, you know, the whoa, that means it's going to be Martin Inglesby. But again, based on your article, that doesn't look like that's the case. Are, are Drake's Darren DeVries and and Matt Langle from Colgate, like from everything you've been able to put together, Do you feel like those are the the top two leading guys right now?
2: Yeah, and again, we're sitting here on March 14th. I, I've been working on this basically since January 19th and, and maybe to an extent a little earlier than that because we kind of knew uh, actually, I kind of knew where this was whole this whole thing was headed. So you start advancing as to who the next guy is going to be looking at lists, looking at backgrounds, looking at, at coaching trees, looking at experience, looking at everything. And it it just seems to keep pointing back in the same direction of Michael Shrewsbury at Penn state, Matt Langle at, at, at Colgate, Darren DeVries at, at Drake. Then you have some of those outside. Ooh, what about this guy? What about Bobby Hurley? What about Greg McDermott and, you just kind of have to sift through everything and say these are these three names Shrewsbury Devries and Langle are the three names that just keep coming up when you talk to industry sources and you talk to former coaches and you talk to current college coaches and you talk to assistant like you talk to everybody and just try to get a, a, as good of a handle on it as you can because there's so many moving parts and there's so many agendas like you'll talk to you'll talk to agents and you'll talk to guys that know agents that are pushing their guys that have no chance of going to Notre Dame, <laughs> but might have a chance to get a nice five, six, seven, eight year extension at the school. Yeah, just get so them a there, raise. Yeah, There's all three your motives going on and everything. So coaching, coaching searches. I haven't done one since 2000 and I forget how time consuming and just overwhelmingly just, like I'm thinking about the coach 25 hours a day. I go to bed thinking about it. I wake up thinking about it. I'm eating lunch. I'm thinking about it. I'm talking to you guys. And I'm thinking, what, what am I I missing right now? should, should Should I just break away and check Twitter real quick to see what might be happening? So it's, it's nuts, but it's, it's a good kind of nuts because I think like Mike Brace had long said for the, since this happened in January on on January nineteenth, like it's time for a, a, a break for everybody. Like he needed it, the university needed it. Hell, maybe the South Bend Tribune needed it because it just it just got to the point where after twenty three years, let's try something new and see how it works.
4: You brought up um, Strewsberry from Penn State, and when I was talking to my dad about this a couple days ago, the first question I asked is, "Do you think that is enough of an upward promotion in his job?" Because, you know, I, I understand that, you know, it's Penn State, they're in the Big Ten, Notre Dame, the mm-hmm. ACC. But, you know, those are two conferences in basketball that see a lot of bids every year in the NCAA tournament and just overall kind of solid basketball com- conferences. So, yeah, my underlying question is, do you see that as enough of a upward move and not a lateral move for someone like Strewsbury? And, you know, speaking of probably compensation, too, is Notre Dame really going to up the compensation compared to where Penn State is giving him, uh, you know, enough to kind of pull him away, if, if that's the direction that they were going to go in.
2: That'll be the the $64,000 question is, Michael <laughs> Shrewsbury at Penn State has earned himself a raise. If if Penn State is serious, see, now you you work with, you have two schools now in Penn State and Notre Dame, both football schools for obvious reasons. First, second, third, it's football, 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 spring football at both those campuses. How are they both going to commit to basketball and say we're serious about basketball and here's our here's how serious we are with our financial commitment with Micah Shrewsbury, but more so with Micah. I think it's it's not necessarily a, a lateral move for him going from Penn State to Notre Dame as it is maybe his background in who he's worked for, where he's worked, the success that he's had with guys like Brad Stevens and Matt Painter. And the fact that he's an Indiana native that would make this job really attractive. And, and I, I think I think all things considered, we start back on January 19th or even before that when Mike Bray tells Jack Swarbrick, I think this is going to be it. Jack Swarbrick's never been a guy, at least he has said it publicly, that has kept a working list in his right-hand drawer in his office. But I think when Mike Bray and Jack Swarbrick come to the conclusion that this is it, I think the first name that pops up for, for Jack Swarbrick was Micah Shrewsbury.
1: Stymie, one of our top basketball fans, uh, is asking, how soon do you think Bray is coaching again? Maybe before you answer that, though, you know, he said when, when he announced his retirement that he was going to be a part of this process, you know, this coaching search process. Do you have a feel for how involved he has been in, the, in this search process?
2: I don't, and I think that's just lip service from the university and from Mike, just to kind of keep that sounded good at the time. Yeah, yeah, it sounds good at the time, but it's also kind of weird. Like it's, it's just, it's just a weird position to put not only Mike Bray in, but to put Notre Dame in as to, well, we know we we'd like to talk with these candidates, and maybe, maybe, uh, maybe Mike Bray can talk with them as well. I think, I think here's how Mike Bray would be involved in the in the in the coaching search or the coaching process. Once Jack Swarbrick decides, this is my guy and we've got a contract signed and we've done the dance with the press conference and we've all smiled for the pictures and said, what a great day for Notre Dame athletics and blah, blah, blah. That's when coach A, B, or C steps aside, goes and sits down with Mike Bray and Mike Bray says, all right, let me tell you what this job really entails. I think that would, that would be, that would be the greatest resource Mike Bray can be for the University of Notre Dame. Instead of being like maybe this guy, maybe that guy, I don't know about this guy. What about those guys? So I think I think that's that would be Mike Bray's biggest job moving forward for Notre Dame. Just to just to be a sounding board for the new guy to say, let me tell you how things really work over there.
4: I have another question that that's uh, been I, I've been kind of pondering. You know, hearing some of the portal news. Are you more concerned next season for the spot or, or the condition or status of where that, that roster is going to sit or who they bring in potentially to be the head coach? I guess, what are you more concerned about? Who's head coach or where the roster is going to be at next season?
2: I'd say the head coach because the roster is going to take care of itself because it's going to get to the point now they have five players back. I think they have they have four returning players in Van Allen Lubin, Tony Sanders, Matt Zona, and Jr. Kinesny. Everybody says Cormac Ryan can return for a sixth year, and he can, but I I have a hard time seeing Cormac Ryan coming back. So it's four returning guys and incoming freshman Marcus Burton. For now, I get the indication that none of the other guys, the returning guys, are going to hit the portal. J.J. J. 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 Starling, obviously, he's gone to Syracuse. Dom Campbell, he's in the portal. He may come back depending on who the next head coach is. So it's a situation with the portal where, you have no choice but to do something differently if you're Notre Dame, if you the Notre Dame Athletic Administration, and says, which is long said, we're going to hit the, we can, we can, we can access the portal, but you're only going to access it for graduate transfers. That's the only way Notre Dame has used it with Paul Atkinson from Yale two years ago, with Lat, and then last year with Marcus Hammond. That can't be an option if you want to have more than eight guys on your roster. Like you're, you have to give this new coach some leeway in the portal and say, we've got eight scholarships available. See if you can find two graduate transfers. See if you can find three traditional transfers just for this season. And then we can build back the roster. Maybe maybe also you can find two late rising high school seniors that nobody knows about that want to play for Notre Dame this this coming season. So we can build the roster back up that way. And then in coming seasons, go back to the the traditional graduate transfer. But if you're Jack Swarbrick and you're the Notre Dame administration, and if you give any credence to being a serious basketball school, you have to tighten the, loosen the reins a little bit on the portal restrictions for the new coach, at least for the first year.
1: Well, and, you know, obviously being as close to the women's program, I mean, they've had, a couple of undergrad transfers Mm -hmm. over the last few years. Is it, is it simply a matter of, you know, like case by case, do you think, you know, like these, like their, their academics lined? you know, like they could get in because their academics were in line. Did it's just maybe a little bit harder from the men's side, you know, to, to find those kind of guys.
2: Absolutely. Because from a men's standpoint, Sean, it doesn't matter if you're going to Notre Dame or you're going to Georgia tech or Stanford or pick whatever school out of the 353 schools that are in division one, you believe in your heart of hearts that the reason you're going to college is because you're going to the league. You're going to be an NBA player. You're not going to college to take calculus or (laughs) theology. Well, especially in
4: basketball too, where you can enter yourself into the draft at a, a much younger age in class. You don't have to worry about
2: finishing school. Absolutely. So It's a case-by-case basis, and Notre Dame would would take a freshman transfer or a sophomore transfer or a junior transfer or even a senior transfer only if their academic transcripts mirror what they were doing at Notre Dame. And there aren't that many players from the men's side that are going to mirror what a freshman at Notre Dame has to do academically. They're just not. Right.
4: Oh, another burning question I had. This this might I think this ends my my questions, but Tom, okay. what is the number one thing that you want to see in a difference uh from head coach next season uh from Mike Bray? Just like one thing that, you know, consistently bugged you or again, the number one thing, you know, difference that you want to see in the new head coach compared to Mike Bray.
2: Uh there's not enough time to go through it all <laughs> because when, when when this thing went south And it went south early when this went south, it really went south with everything as far as player development, as far as care factor, as far as just just everything. Like it was not you never looked at this Notre Dame team and said they're going to win this game or they're going to run this action to get this shot to win this game. Like it was it was late. It was late game situations. It was in game adjustments. It was defensively, it was rotation, it was everything. That's Stuff why that he's always
1: been pretty good at. You know, right. And he, and he had
2: been. That's why when I wrote when I wrote my column for tomorrow's South Bend Tribune, it's online at Indy Insider. That's why I said it's a total re, it's 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 a total redo and a, a total tear down of everything. And that's okay. Like it's not it's not it's not a new coach coming in and you're gonna have a ready-made roster that can make a run at the NCAA tournament if they only do this. Like they have to start over with everything from culture, from players, from development, from assistance to to, to just, I mean, it's it's across the board. You're just gonna have to start over and say, moving forward, Notre Dame men's basketball was a really good program under Mike Bray for 23 years. But starting in 23, 24, this is a new era from start to, from top to bottom from Notre Dame basketball.
1: Vince and I touched on this real quickly yesterday. How much do you think, you know, cause you've come on and you, you know, you've defended the resume that, that Mike Bray has. And I agree. I mean, he's the all-time winningest, you know, coach in Notre Dame history. He's got the elite eights, you know, all the NCAA bursts and all that stuff in this era. I mean, there's <laughs> a lot to obviously to respect, but these last six years, obviously, and especially, you know, this year just leaves such a huge, you know, just horrible taste in people's mouth. How much do you think this ultimately, the way this has all ended, how much do you think it tarnishes his legacy ultimately?
0: Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE.
2: I, I don't think it does because it's something where after 23 years, it, it, unless you know how difficult a job that is, to do what Mike Bray did in the Big East, are you kidding me? To play on a on a Big East semifinal Friday night four consecutive years and five of the last seven after Notre Dame had never even won as much of as consecutive Big East Conference tournament games before he got here, and then to go to the ACC and, and basically reinvent like it was always it was always with Mike Bray you're reinventing you're in the Big East but you're playing in divisions then we're gonna go to one division then we're gonna lose teams then we're gonna bring teams in. Then we become this mega league. And then all of a sudden, once Notre Dame does that, oh, now you're going to go to the ACC and start over. And two years later, you're beating Carolina and Duke back-to-back nice to win an ACC tournament championship. So, yeah, there was a lot of bad this year. And Mike Brays the first one to say, I take 900% responsibility in how this thing got so screwed up this year and went so sideways and so south. But I, you, you can't. You can't that can't take away three and 17 in the league and 11 and 21 overall this year, just can't take away the back-to-back elite eights. This, the first sweet 16 in 16 years in 2003, all the players that came through winning a Maui invitational tournament championship, all the other stuff that went with it. You can't ignore that because I, and I will, I will, I will go to the, 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 until I cover my last Notre Dame men's basketball game which hopefully is in another 25 years after I've done it for (laughs) 25 years now. But I'll go to my last Notre Dame men's basketball game, insisting there were not two, maybe three coaches, whoever they are in the country that could have won and could have done what Mike Bray did over 23 years at Notre Dame with all the restrictions and all the other outside stuff going on, the dump of an arena, no practice facility, not having any place to practice in the summertime because America Youth on Parade came through every summer, <laughs> and Mike Gray just won games the in batons. two different leagues and was pretty good about the whole thing in in revitalizing what Notre Dame men's basketball was when he walked in the door in 2000. Yeah. Um, a couple
1: names I wanted to throw at you real quick that we didn't get to. I mentioned Chris Holtman earlier from Ohio State, and I think it was Dick Weiss. I don't even know who he <laughs> Works for anymore. He's one of these guys who's been around for a long time, but he's tweeting last night. Hey, here comes Holtman to to Notre Dame. Thoughts on that? And then we had somebody ask about
2: Ed Cooley from Providence as well. So I'll let you answer those however you want. I'll start with Ed Cooley first. If, if Ed Cooley's leaving Providence and he's a Providence guy, he went to Providence, he's taken that program to unbelievable heights in the Big East. If he's leaving Providence for anywhere, it'll be for Georgetown. I wouldn't be surprised if it was. He was going to take the Georgetown job. So I just, I just don't think Ed Cooley's a fit out in Northern Indiana after being a city guy in Providence and then would be, it be do so in DC. <laughs> and Chris Holtman, how do you say, if you're Jack Swarbrick and you run Chris Holtman up into that press conference wherever it's wherever it is? And again, a, a, another drawback or head scratcher for Notre Dame. When Notre Dame men's basketball needs to have a press conference, where do they have it? In the football stadium. Yeah, I know. In the <laughs> football interview room. So it's like if if you're Jack Swarbrick and you're running Chris Holtman up at that podium and saying this is our guy, how do you sell a guy who went three and fifteen in the in the in the Big Ten this year, and then also a guy who has perennially done less with more and then has to go to a program that you have to do more with less. With less, like, yeah. Like Chris Holtman at Ohio State, Chris is a great guy, and it, he, he may, may very well be a really good coach, but he's got every resource imaginable coaching in the Big Ten and coaching at a place where he's coaching at now, and you still can't do better than 3-15 and 15 in the league. That's, that's a hard sell. And if Notre Dame hadn't gone to the – hadn't gone to the the, the, the NCA tournament in the last 10 years, hadn't had a winning record in the last five or whatever went O 20 in the ACC. I think that would be an easier sell, but that's I, I, I just I just can't picture Chris Holtman making the move from Ohio State to Notre Dame. Yeah, that's completely fair and it
1: all makes sense when you think about it that way. Appreciate you Tom. Always good stuff good good catching up with you. I'll see you.
2: Hopefully, now the last time I was on your program, it wasn't (laughs) with you, but it was with Vince. Okay. The last time I was on your program, the next day was when I found out about about Mike Bray walking away. So hopefully tomorrow, maybe they pull some some surprise rabbit out of their hat and they have a head coach (laughs) and they make an announcement.
4: We can only hope. We can only hope. We can only hope. You'd
2: sleep a little bit better. But
4: like
1: you said, you know, like, if these guys are still coaching in the tournament, we're not going to know until they're done in the tournament.
2: At so. the very least, at the very least, I'd say right now, Monday at the earliest, we'll know something, and maybe we'll know a lot by Monday. We'll see.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
2: All right, thanks, Tom. You got it, fellas. Take care. We'll see ya. you. Too.
1: Tom Noy from the South Bend Tribune, bringing all the basketball heat that you can handle. <laughs>
4: Answered a lot of questions. Having Tom Jackie Moon is available.
1: I like that one. (laughs) Having him is like a
4: wealth of information on the men's basketball side. If you want to know, absolutely. If you want to be the front runner of, you know, what's going on in the coaching search, I feel like that's the perfect guy uh, to 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 you know to talk to it with. Because, like he said, this is this is what he's thinking about twenty five hours a day. You know, he's he's always refreshing, rechecking, making sure he's you know up to date and
1: constantly kind of looking into these names that are brought up. He's he's been the columnist for the Tribune for the last few years, but he still is on the Notre Dame men's basketball beat, which he's been on for more than two decades now. So, wealth of information he's seen highs and lows and everything in between over there on that Notre Dame basketball beat.